Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. I'm here at the G3 conference in the exhibition area with all the companies and ministries showing off their ministries and different things. And so it's kind of loud right now. There's, there's a lot of people walking around. But I have in my hand a little container of Bible butter. If you don't know what Bible butter is, well, I got the guy who made this Bible butter. I'm going to let him explain it to you in a minute. But I just want to introduce you to my friend, Jeffrey Rice. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you and all you do, brother. What is Bible butter? Well, Bible butter is a leather conditioner and cleanser. You know, okay. leather is skin, and uh, skin can get dry, start flaking, cracking. And so Bible butter uh, conditions the, your leather, keeping uh, it from uh, getting dry, flaking, and cracking. Okay, and leather. Now, you're talking leather jackets. What, what kind of leather are we talking about here? Well, I made it specifically for leather Bibles, but it will work on anything. Huh, okay. And so Jeffrey also is a man who does Bible rebinding, yes. okay? And he has a company. The name of it is Post Tenebris Lux. And is, is, is that the name of your website, too? Or how, how would I find your company online? Yeah, so uh, our company is PTL. BibleRebinding.com. Okay. PTLBibleRebinding.com. All right. And so what Jeffrey does is he takes any Bible, whether it be a new one or an old one, and he rebinds it. And boy, you got to go online and check these out because the quality of his work is amazing. And so all day long, I've been looking over his booth. It's just crowded constantly by people who just love his Bible binding. And so if you have maybe an old Bible that you just love and this thing is falling apart, well, the main place it's going to be falling apart is the spine. The cover's going to get all ripped up. And so what Jeffrey will do is he'll take that old Bible, the one you love, the one that all your notes are in and your highlight markers and the one you can't part with, and he can actually take that and put a brand new cover on it and make this thing look amazing okay that's what that's basically what you do right yeah yeah look amazing and last a lifetime hmm. our, our leather has a hundred year shelf life wow and uh and so we guarantee them uh if anything happens construction wise in five years no questions asked i replace everything i've seen them over at the booth taking the bible by the cover and this is like a heavy bible and just holding it by the cover and, and kind of shaking it and and I, like i would never do that to any book because the thing's just going to rip but these bible covers this, this rebinding is so strong you know it's it's, it's just awesome so you got to check it out and also what i did a while ago i was looking for a bible my eyesight's kind of going in my in my 50s and so i was looking for a large print edition and the bible i found with the print i liked I liked the print, but the covers were just horrible, they, you know? And so what I did is I had it rebound. And so, you know, whether it's a new Bible that you like the Bible, but the cover, you can just tell the thing's going to fall apart in a while, or your old beloved one, definitely check out Jeffrey's website. And so the Bible butter, one of my friends already told me, man, you got to get me a can of Bible Bible. Bible butter for my yeah. brother. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to say. <laughs> but the main reason I wanted to have Jeffrey on the show 
is because he told me a little bit about his testimony. And his testimony is, you know, in my opinion, pretty cool. And so what I wanted to do, Jeffrey, is just to have you, you know, tell the story about how you came to Christ. And so what I'd like you to do is just to kind of start with what was your life like before you were a Christian? You know, what, yeah. what, what were you all about? So my childhood, we struggled with what you would call American poverty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, government assistance and stuff like that, you know, uh, in and out of trailer parks. So, like, like we would move a lot. Wow. Like, I can remember changing school six times in one year. And uh, and so I got to the point where I just stopped trying. You know what I'm saying? I, I had a learning disability. I was dyslexic. And so when the teacher would ha- want me to read out loud, I'd mess up. People start laughing. And so I eventually just, just stopped, and I would turn my test over and just draw. So, wow. So I knew that I had a talent in drawing, so I was very artistic and stuff like that. You know, so my, when I was 11, I got kidnapped, and then uh, I was gone for, I don't know, maybe two weeks or something like that. And then when I was 14, I got robbed and beat up at gunpoint. So so hold on just a second. You got yeah. kidnapped. Yeah. Now, I've never spoken to anyone or known anyone in my life who got kidnapped. Like, so so what happened? What What was that like? Uh, it was a neighbor, uh, I don't know, like, I walked outside one day, and uh, and this dude's dog died or whatever, and he just asked me if I'd bear it to give me some money, and so I, you know what I'm saying, I picked the dog up, went into the woods, went to bear it, and, uh, you know, and as you, I guess it was just the way to trap me. And so he he, he, he took you, and then yeah. how, how did you escape from that, or, or what well, happened? Well, like, I, I tried to skeet one time, and then he went, like, like he gave me, like, a free range or whatever, and then he started, like, he started saying this prayer like he was praying to Satan or something. And he told me, he said, man, if when I get done with this prayer, Satan's going to come. And said, and he, like, this is true. And he says, and when he comes, he's going he's gonna to want a life. And he's not taking mine. He says, but I'm going to make him take your mom and daddy's. And so, like, I got to a point where I felt like I had to stay you know what I'm saying, and then uh, to protect to, your mom and dad, mom and daddy. You know, I was 11 years old, and uh, so it was, it was, it was weird, man. Like when wow. I think back, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy. And so, did he just eventually let you go, or, or how? No, how? no, no, he got he got caught up. Uh, I, I I think he tried to take somebody else or something and got caught. And uh, I just remember like the cops coming through, and it was like weapons nailed all to the the house and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just—it's kind of a rocky memory wow. too. You know what I'm saying? How old were you again? Eleven. Man, that's amazing. And so you were saying then at fourteen, some, yeah, something yeah, happened. Yeah, fourteen. I got uh, I got robbed at gunpoint, beat up, and then the next day I joined a gang. Just started like a uh, a trajectory of just, you know, a violence. Yeah. You know, uh, so after I joined the gang, I ended up just, you know. I, I don't know, I just kind of went crazy and just started fighting a bunch of people. Uh, and next thing I know, I was leading a gang. And uh, I don't know, man, it just went, it was beyond me. And I had a few drive-bys pulled on me where people uh, run up on me and start shooting guns and stuff like that. Now, what what uh, what area of the country, what, what, what was, uh, city state? Yeah, it was Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Like back in the late 90s, or, uh, mid-90s, late 90s, it was pretty bad with gang violence. Yeah, I got kicked out of school at 15 for gang violence. I would have never known that about you. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how how Christ can take mm. a life and just dramatically change it? Yeah, know? man. 
Definitely. Uh, all, all my friends that I grew up with, as far as I know, none of them are, are Christians. They're not saved. I would have considered myself the worst of them. And, uh, wow. you know, God saved me. Man. So what was going on in your life right before that happened? Yes. And how, how old were you at that, at that point? Well, um, I, I started reading the Bible at 21. It was 9-11 when the towers fell. You know what I'm saying? I was outside the trailer park where I was staying, uh, drinking a beer, playing hacky sack. People started running outside, freaking out, talking about uh, we're under attack. World's, you know, we're under attack. The world's ending. This is in the Bible. Like, it was just like oh, this, wow. this constant. Uh, people were kept saying the same thing. And uh, finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible. And I'm going to figure it out. And it turns out I couldn't read, you know what I'm saying, because of my learning disability and my lack of trying in school and being dyslexic. But every day, every day I'd pick up the Bible and, and, and I would try to read for about, a, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And when I first started, I'd read like three words, skip 10. And then, I, you know, eventually I was, you know, reading five, skipping eight, you know. Wow. But over a period of time, uh, I'd say over a period of five years, I taught myself how to read. Just from reading the Bible. Just from reading the Bible. But uh, I started reading the Bible at uh, 2001, 2003. I started going to church. I, I, you know, I heard an altar call, walked up to it. He asked, uh, the preacher asked me, where do I come from? Tell him where I come from. He announced to the church, do they accept me? They accepted me. And the next time I was like, is this it? You know, like, I, I didn't know what was going on. Six weeks later, they had me teaching Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> like this ain't no joke man yeah and because i had been reading the bible so you so went I, from not knowing how to read yeah. to learn how to read the bible to teaching sunday school yeah but man. but in 2005 uh i heard ray comfort open air preaching and i and i saw myself exposed naked before god and knew i needed to repent and put my faith in christ now, where where did you hear that? Was that online or in no, person it was or TBN Way of the Master? Like wow, like like it was at, uh, it was one of the, the programs where it had a little short clip of him preaching the gospel. What year was that again? Uh, Two thousand five. Man, um, and yeah, so so the reason I love this testimony so much is I, I'm I'm the guy or one of the guys who makes that TV show that you were watching. Yeah. So that that's uh that's amazing, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna. Let Ray listen to this and encourage him as, as well. So, okay, so there you are. You're you're sitting in your trailer watching TBN at, at that point. No, I, I was in a, a little basement apartment at that point. Okay, okay. So you're sitting there watching TBN. Here's this guy open air preaching, and what happened? Like, what what was it you saw, or realized, or you know? Can you remember I, I, that night? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like the. Uh, I mean, I mean, the way that he brought out the law and the gospel was one thing. Like, I've never heard it proclaimed like that. But man, it was, I don't know, like I just saw Christ in him and like I saw him as holy, holy, holy. I saw him as something that I had trampled on. And like, I just knew that I was living a lie and that everything that, that happened before then didn't matter any. And, and that all that mattered was, was that moment and it was him. Like he was all that mattered. Wow. And, I, and I knew that I had uh, committed treason against the mm. king. And the only thing that I could do, like Ray would always say, is throw myself upon the, the mercy of the judge. Wow. And, and so, so that's what I did. And so now, now just, what, just to clarify, this is after you've already been teaching in your church yes. Sunday school. Yes. All right. So, so what was it that, what, like, why was it 
that you didn't already know this stuff. Like here's this, here's this guy out on a box preaching the gospel, you know, and yet he's talking about God's holiness. You somehow missed this. Why do you think that is? What happened there? Well, I've been telling people lately, you can know something and not believe it, but you can't believe something and not know it. Oh, man. That's good. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and plus, in most churches these days, the gospel isn't preached. Even though they're reading in the Bible and stuff like that, they're not expositionally walking through the text, teaching the text, the format. They're not drawing the, the propositions from the text. They're just reading the verse and, and uh, telling you how to live a better life. You know what, man? I, I do a lot of uh, street witnessing and street preaching with with Ray and with groups from my church. And I'll tell you what, the number one kind of person that I talk to is either the person who's in a church or has gone to church and they would consider themselves a Christian. And yet they're exactly the person you're describing yourself to be before you heard the gospel, you know, someone who just knows just enough to convince themselves that they're okay with God. But in reality, they, they have no idea what God is like. Yeah, I mean, the Bible makes it clear that he's holy, holy, holy. I mean, he, he's set apart. He's different. Yeah. He's something else. Like, we can't describe him in, 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 with our feeble minds. Yeah. So you heard the gospel. Yes. What I would, changed? I would say a full awareness of my unholiness, mm. my uh, not being right with God, my sin being ever more before me, you know, uh, I knew the cliche words, yeah, I'm a sinner, yeah, you know, but like it didn't haunt me. You, you, knew, know? you knew all the right yeah. information. Yeah. It just wasn't applied to you yet. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like it really didn't mean nothing. You, you know, like I, I tell people all the time, uh, how do you tell a true Christian from a false Christian? Because we all sin, correct? Right. And, and a lot of times Christians fall into sin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's a difference. If it, it's 90 degrees, Outside, I'm standing beside a pool. Someone walks up and pushes me in. Mm-hmm. It's 90 degrees outside. They push me into a cold pool. I'm like, I'm not that mad. I actually stay in the pool for a little bit. It feels good. All right. It's 20 degrees outside. I'm standing beside a pool. Somebody walks up and pushes me in. I'm angry and I am fighting to get out of the pool. <laughs> right. A false Christian who is living in sin is the person you push into the pool at 90 degree weather. Mm. Wow. And they stay in the pool. They stay in their sin. They love it. Kind of like They're not it. trying to get out. It feels good. Yeah. A true Christian, someone that's truly converted, that has been born again, that, that loves God and hates their sin, at the, the moment that they realize they've been in the pool, they've been pushed in the pool, right? that they have fallen into the pool of sin, hmm. they fight to get out that's, because that's... they know that God has changed them and they can't live i can't live in that they have a new nature yes that is repulsed by not just the feeling of it but the the whole aspect of man i'm in sin i need to get out of this as opposed to their old nature that yeah not a problem this is this is okay i mean because there's been many times in my christian walk where i have fallen into sin and and i realized i was in the pool i was uh returning to the vomit yeah and i fall I looked to Christ, and I repented, and I put myself on the mercy of the judge, God. Yeah, thanks for that. So often, the question a lot of Christians have is, how do I know I'm really saved? And I think one of the indicators, one way you can know for yourself where you are on that whole issue is, when you sin, 
do you hate it immediately? Is it something you're repulsed by? Do you hate yourself in that moment? Or do you kind of think, well, God loves me, so therefore he's not going to send me to hell. And so, you know, what is your initial reaction to seeing yourself being caught up or falling into some sin? Um, Are you repulsed by it? Or do you continue in it? So that's, you know, there's other indicators, but that's one of them. I think that's a big self indicator, like, Uh, a a for sure self-indicator yeah i mean i've actually talked to people and they might say hey i'm a christian and i'll ask them what church you go to i don't go to church okay well how do you know you're a christian well because i prayed a prayer once and okay so are you doing anything right now in your life where you know it's something god doesn't want you to do i'm giving you the very quick version of this but um and they might say something like well yeah what is it well i'm i'm living with my girlfriend i know it's wrong and i shouldn't be doing it but i know that god forgives me you know, that is not a person who is grieved over their sin, you know. And so if you're listening to this and that's you, you need to read through First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, where it basically shows that you can be self-deceived. One of the hardest person to reach with the gospel is a person who is self-deceived, a person yep. who has told themselves that they're a Christian when everything about their life shows the complete opposite. And yet what Jeffrey's saying is that with him, when he's fallen to sin, and this is this is normal Christianity, when you mess up, when you sin, it just doesn't feel right. It's not okay. And you just flee from that, you know? So that's a great word. So Jeffrey, one of the indicators, another indicator that shows a person's salvation is genuine is the fruit of their life. Yes. You know, you've come a long way from being the guy leading the street gang to you're fixing people's Bibles. <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. probably, I bet you didn't, you didn't like hang out with your, your, your gang homies back in the day and say, you know, when I grew up, I want to fix people's no, <laughs> Bibles, no, you know, I really didn't have much hope for myself. Back wow. Then. So Tell me about your Bibles. These things are amazing. And there's a lot of Christians listening to this who, you know, everyone needs a new Bible once in a while. Just give us a, a little summary of, of what your Bibles are like. On this podcast, you can't experience the feeling of my hand going against the leather here. But man, it's like I touch this thing and it just it just feels so nice. And on the inside, it feels even better. The, the, you know, so wh- what exactly do you have here? Yeah, so I use a, a goat skin cover with a lamb skin liner. And my goat skin is the, is the best quality goat skin you can get. Uh, they all have a 100-year shelf life. And so yeah. it's going to outlive me. Yeah, yeah. And so the deal is, if, if you put a goat skin cover with a goat skin liner, it's going to be too hard because a goat skin is a tough leather because uh, it's being handled with your hands. So it needs to be tough. It, yeah. It's out in the elements, uh, whether it's sitting on your bookshelf or whether you're taking it to church, it's still experiencing weather elements, you know, and yeah. it, it can get dry, uh, dusty, dirty. So it, it needs a good, uh, strong leather for a cover. And goat skin is king of leathers when it comes to book binding. Mm. And, uh, so, and so my, my inside is a lambskin. And just like the, the goat skin and goat skin is too hard, if you do lambskin and lambskin, it's just too soft. It's yeah. floppy. When you open up the Bible, the, the cover is drooping way down and the pages don't meet it. I've learned when I put a goat skin cover with a lambskin liner like it just makes a perfect combination a great feel feels good in your hands it's comfortable you can move it it's soft mm-hmm. and my construction process i look at it like whenever i you know because i did root a roof for 25 years and so i just come at it as a construction worker on how i construct construct my bibles 
but I also look at it as an artist because I did tattoos for a long time. I can paint, draw, do stuff like that. I like to use both of those aspects as a construction worker and as a, as an artist when I develop these things. I want you to be able to hold it and feel it and think, man, this thing is not going to fall apart. But I also want you to look at it and think, man, this thing is beautiful. Oh man, I'll tell you what, you've accomplished your goal because that, that thing is beautiful. And you got a whole group of people around your booth over there the whole conference just coveting, I think. I think they're sitting looking at your Bibles, you know, like they want one of these. It's not my fault. <laughs> no, these are, these are great. And again, please check out Jeffrey's website. Now, do you go by Jeffrey or Jeff? Well, all my life I went by Jeff and someone hacked my Facebook. Like they took over that baby. and then, Really? Uh, yeah, like they took over and kicked me out. And then I started <laughs> a new one and I put Jeffrey and I was just it was doing it temporarily. But, you know, this was in 2013 and I just loved it. <laughs> but I, it really don't matter, man. I, I, so you're not going to get all, yeah. all upset at me if I call you Jeff? No, I'm fine. I mean, like if we're in a crowded room, I don't answer to Jeff or Jeffrey because there's so many of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And then one, one last thing I just, I just want to mention. Like so many people, the way I found out about your Bibles is through James White, Dr. you know, James so White. Dr. James yeah. White, you know, he's known as a textual critic. He knows all about Bibles. He's been around Bibles most of his life and he just loves yours. And he's always pointing people to you. And, and he shows, he lifts, he literally lifts up his Bibles that you've made for him in his show and shows them off to people. And it's just, it's just funny to see, to see how much he loves your Bibles. But you know, anyone who, who looks at them, they're going to feel the same way. So there's like pre-James White talking about your Bibles and post-James White. Did he get you, did he basically get you a lot of attention when he started talking about your Bibles? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, um, I can't say enough for him. He's done more for me in my spiritual walk and my uh, walk in theology yeah. than anyone. And also in, in, in my business, like God used James White so in my cool. life so many ways. I, I, I can't thank him enough. And uh Whatever he, you know, and I, I'm there. Like, if he needs me for something, I'm there. All he's got to do is ask, and I'll make it happen. And so cool. I love him. I consider him a brother, a friend. And, uh, no, I, I saw him hanging out in front of your booth, man. Yeah. He's, he's over there. Yeah, so that's that's a uh, Yeah, I tell so people cool, James so. White's my homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, he got, he got me a, a Coogee sweater for Christmas. So I, yeah, I saw you wearing it over there, man. Yeah, man, I mean, I went to a restaurant last night and I was like, man, I, I probably got the most expensive shirt on in here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So but That ain't never happened, trust me. <laughs> nice. Mm. All right, well, Jeffrey, thank you so much thank for you, uh, man. I appreciate coming on the show, man. And yeah, best wishes with your, your Bibles. And if I'm alive 100 years from now, I'll still be looking at that same Bible right there. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. How cool is that guy? Man, I love that. Nashville voice. If you want to see more than his voice, if you want to see his face and even check out his Bibles and just uh, the awesomeness of his craftsmanship, I uh, put some pictures up on my blog, eddyroman.com. If you go to the January 21st in the year 2020, the article titled Jeffrey Rice. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You can see his picture of his face, and most importantly, his epic beard. That thing is, uh, it's like as well-crafted as his Bible. So anyway, check out the uh, blog post on Jeffrey Rice, and it's got a link to his website as well. You know, the fact that a person can be going to church and even teaching Bible studies and not be a Christian, that's pretty scary. You know, what do you say to someone who is convinced they're a Christian, but it's pretty obvious to 
everyone else around them that they're not, you know, not just because, you know, you, you don't like them for some reason, but just it's very clear from God's word that this person, maybe a friend, family member, they're, they're definitely not following the Lord. What do you say to someone like that? Well, I had a chance to do just that recently. I was out on the street witnessing. We were using the riddle. And if you're not familiar with the riddle, just go to my podcast feed and go back a couple episodes, find the one titled The Riddle. And I talk about how I use this evangelism tool, but basically it is a sign and there's a riddle on it. And so I'm going to play a conversation I had using the riddle to a person named Andrew. And as you're going to see, as I did, Andrew thinks he's a Christian, but uh, the word would say otherwise. Now, normally when I play a witnessing clip, I stop and start it, do a little commentary along the way, try to uh, give you a little idea of what I'm thinking, why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm just going to let it play so you just get the flow of the whole conversation. The main thing I'd like you to just focus on is what I say, what scriptures I use when I'm dealing specifically with the issue that I'm going to deal with. He's going to talk about what his lifestyle is like, a specific thing, and I'm going to deal with that with scripture. So that's the main thing I'd like for you to uh, just kind of get out of this. I you know, don't want this podcast to go on forever. In the interest of time, I'm just going to let the clip run, and uh, I'll talk to you a little bit when it's done. All right, so Andrew, so you're hanging out out here. You see this riddle. What does the riddle say? It says, uh, the man who made it didn't need it. The man who bought it didn't use it. The man who used it didn't know it. What is it? And then there's death with a question mark. Okay, so death isn't the answer, but death is a, a clue. And what, what was your first guess? Faith. Faith. Okay, so I'm going to give you some uh, clues here. So one clue is death. Okay. Um, another clue is this is so you said faith. This isn't something that's like a concept or some. It's, it's something you can actually touch. Okay. So, so this okay. thing, whatever it is, it's 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 made out of matter. It's made out of matter. Yeah. Okay. So if it's made out of matter. I still don't know what it is. You're thinking hard. <laughs> I'm still you? thinking. I'm still thinking. I'm stumped. Honestly, I thought it would be faith because just like. It sounds like it's supposed to be like... See that little cross down there? That, yeah. that, that's to trip you up, all right? Yeah, that's, see, that's exactly why it got me. I fell. I've been tripped. <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm going to give you... A, let's see. I'll, let me see if I can think of another clue. Um, we could find one of these things. We could find at least one of the things, I would say, within... Uh, five, probably within five miles of this location, definitely within 10. Definitely within 10. All right. You don't see these things every day, and hopefully... You don't you don't see them often at all. A wheelbarrow? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. You don't like to shovel dirt around and move dirt shovel around? Dirt? I don't know. Actually, shoveling dirt—that's a shoveling clue too. Dirt. The man who made it didn't need it. The man who bought it didn't use it. The man who used it didn't know it. Shoveling dirt. So it's a coffin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's a coffin. It's a coffin. I'm not going to say it too loud. It's a coffin, though. <laughs> Very coffin. good. You already you said know, it too loud. What's your name? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. My name's Eddie. Yeah. Andrew, so the reason I got this thing up here is we're just a group of uh, Christians asking people, what do you think happens after you enter that coffin? You ever think about that? Yeah, yeah all the time. It's, yeah? Yeah, you either go up or you go down. It's one of the ways. Okay. So you either go up or down. Which What, what, what does a person got to do in order to, to go down? 
you just gotta not repent and stuff. So I mean, not repent. You gotta not ask for forgiveness, not accept him as your Lord and Savior and stuff. So I mean, as long as you rededicate your life, I feel like, and stay repenting, you you should be solid as long as you have faith in him. Okay. Okay. So so let let's say I'm not a, a church person and yeah. I don't know these church words. Yeah. You said re repent. I don't even know what that that means. We're just yeah. gonna say that. So yeah, yeah. let's say I had uh, two minutes to live. Yeah. And I got a knife in my back, and I come up to you and I say, Andrew, I got two minutes to live. What do I got to do in order to uh, get to heaven? Uh, I say you rededicate your life and just ask for forgiveness, and just ask him to accept you with loving arms and like just forgive you and just to hopefully he'll give you that chance to forgive you for your sins and just let you up there. So, so. I'm I'm someone who's never been to church. I don't I don't even know what sin is. Like I don't even know what you're talking about. So what what it is I got to do? Uh, like what do you mean? What do you mean? Rephrase that. Like yeah yeah. So so you said the word sin. Yeah. And so I I don't even know what that means. What what is sin? So sin's like it's basically some people say it's like a law, but it's not a man-made law. It's a, a law that's written in a book. It's basically written in the Bible. So those are the it's like ten of them that you're supposed to follow. Or like there's 10 sins. I don't know if there's an exact number on it, but I just know there's like certain sins like adultery, cussing. Uh, so you're talking about the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's, that's good. And so if I follow the Ten Commandments and do everything the Ten Commandments say I got to do, then I can go to heaven? Basically, yeah. Yeah. As long as you just, I mean, it's not really, yeah, I guess that's the way it's supposed <laughs> to be. Yeah. Like just keep your faith with him. Just keep your faith. So, so if I if I do the Ten Commandments, then I'll be good enough to get to heaven. That's what I believe. Yeah, I feel like. Okay, so let me ask you this: Have you kept the Ten Commandments? Nah, heck no. <laughs> nah, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Honest, nah, yeah, I, I sin every day. I'm not gonna say I've never sinned. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big time sinner, but like, I know at the end of the day, I know where my heart is. Like, it sucks because you can't. You say you can't stand on two sides. You gotta choose one. That's side. a great point. Yeah, you can't stand on two sides. So I mean. It sucks because, like, you say it's like when it's like if you cheat, like you love somebody, but you can still cheat on them. But you wouldn't love them if you cheated on them or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, I feel like as long as you just have faith and just know that you love him, he loves you. You can always be accepted. So, Andrew, it, it, so it sounds to me like you got a little dilemma on your hands because because you just said the way you get to heaven was by keeping the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And then you said. I don't keep the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's going? What's going on there? Where are you at with God? Uh, you, you, you said you said something interesting. You said it has to do with your heart. Yeah, yeah. But the Bible actually says that our heart is the problem, right? It says that our heart is deceitful and, and wicked, and we we can't even know. We we deceive ourselves all the time. So, Andrew, you got you got a dilemma on your hands. Oh, I got a dilemma. I do got a dilemma. <laughs> so, I got another riddle. <laughs> Gosh, dang it! <laughs> Give me a clue. Here's the clue. So you sound like you sound like a, a church going guy. You go to church somewhere? I, I used to back in the day. I used to go to back in the day, but I, ha I haven't gone in church in a while. I used to play on the worship team and all that. What is it that uh, got you out of the, the habit of going to church? Was it was there? And I don't need to know all the details, but was there like some big event or was it just like you kind of got tired of following the, uh, the, the program? Uh, it's not that I got tired of following the program. It's like I had some some crazy life changing events happen. So it's like. It started, some things happened where it made me scared to go to church. So I was like physically scared to go to church. It was like, I felt like I was always not good enough for God. And it sucked. Like it sucked. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. So that's kind of what made me stray away. But I mean, I know like I'm content with him. I know 
he got my back as much as I got his. And I mean that, at least. Wow, man, that's that's very honest to you. Yeah. And, and I, I got to be honest with you. I talk to a lot of people who go to a lot of different kind of churches. And what you just said, I believe that there's a lot of churches out there that make people feel like they're not good enough. And it has it has nothing to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with the God's word. It's it's with the people. So I appreciate that you uh, mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem, man. So back back to the dilemma. All right. If God is good, he will punish sin. He will he will judge us if if he's truthful to his word. And we know that we can't keep the, the Ten Commandments. It's, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. Okay, let me let me ask you something real quick. You've already kind of you've kind of already kind of said this, but let me ask you this: How many lies do you think you told in your whole life? More than I can count. What do you call somebody who tells so many lies they can't even count them all? A liar. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah, I stole. What do you call somebody who steals things? A stealer. Thief. Thief. All right. Um, have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah, I've said I've said uh, God like God. And stuff like stuff like that. Okay, so that's called blasphemy, right? We're we're taking the name of our creator and we're dragging it through the mud, right? Two more questions. Have you ever uh, looked at a woman with lust? You got me. I have. (laughs) You got me. I have. I like you, Andrew. You're an honest guy. Jesus said, you know, you're not supposed to commit adultery. But I say to you, if you've looked at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery already in your heart. You you heard that before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question. Have you ever uh, hated someone or been angry at someone? Yeah, I, I feel like I've hated someone, but not fully. I've never been to the point where I've, like, wished they were dead. But I've been definitely, like, man, I dislike this person, like, for sure. Are, are you angry at me right this minute for asking you all these jammed up questions? Nah, 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 I'm totally cool with it. All right. So, Andrew, I can't judge you, but you've just admitted to me that you're a liar and a thief and a blasphemer and a murderer at heart and an adulterer at heart. Yeah, big time. Yeah, you're... you're you're, you're, you're just like the rest of us. Yeah, you're, really. a, you're a sinner. Yeah, yeah. So here's where we get back to the riddle. If God was to judge you based on his law, the Ten Commandments, would he see you as innocent or would he see you as guilty? Innocent. I, in my mind, because, our, I mean, obviously at first standpoint, guilty, but he, he sacrificed his only son for us to have the ability to sin. So I feel like, in all honesty, I am. I'm guilty, but... He's given me not the like the way out. I'm guilty, but he gave me the path to set me free, if that makes sense. So you're, t- you're talking about the gospel yeah, yeah, yeah. by your faith in Jesus's death and resurrection. Yeah. Based on that, you can have eternal life. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Let me ask you a direct question. All right. Is there anything you're doing in your life right now where you know for a fact I am sinning against God and I shouldn't be doing this? Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think of it like that, but I mean, it is one of the things. So yeah. Let me, let me, let me ask you this. You're, you're a young guy. Are you, are you, uh, you having sex outside of marriage? That's all. Yeah. That's why sex. Okay. I was going to say right now, sex, you got me again. (laughs) All right. So, so here's the thing, Anthony, in uh, first Corinthians chapter six, it actually says, do not be deceived. Anyone who practices these things will not inherit eternal life. Right. So we can be deceived and it would seem from that verse that if you're you're practicing those things, yeah. that you would be in that category of being deceived. Does that does that seem right? Uh, I, I'm not asking if you like it. <laughs> right to be that you're that you're deceiving yourself, that you're right with God, yeah. but since you're living in sin. sin, that in fact you're you're self-deceived and you're not right with God. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah it does. Yeah, I get it. So like, no, I'm guilty. Yeah. 
Does that does that concern you at all? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, it's an eye opener. It makes you realize like little things like we we uh we weigh sins differently. Like if I stole a candy bar, I wouldn't think it's the same as killing someone. It's like we weigh sin all different. But I, mean, I think that's true. I think God weighs sin differently too, because in the Bible it talks about God's judging different cities, and He says this city is going to get it worse than this city, and things. So so there's truth in that. But when it all comes down to it. All sin will be judged by God, right? Yeah, big time. You seem to me like you're someone you know the truth. You've been to church. You understand. I, I, I think that because of what you said about being at a church where they made you feel guilty all the time, yeah. I, I would and I don't know your church that much, but just very, very quick judgment on my part. I, yeah. it, it sounds to me like you went to a church that didn't have your best interests in, in mind, yeah. m- maybe. Yeah. But, but here's the issue right now. Whether, you, whether you're a church, good church, bad church or not, yeah, yeah. According to the Word of God, in the way you're living your life right now, you're an enemy of God. You're self-deceived, and if you were die to die tonight, you wouldn't go to heaven. You'd go to hell, right? And 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 you just told me that's that's an eye opener, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. It's an eye opener. Okay, so so Anthony, what I appreciate about you, is Andrew, Andrew, and you know, and Anthony is short for Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. So. uh what I appreciate about you is that you're actually listening, and that's a good thing. I, I can't change your mind about anything, you know, but if you actually do believe the Word of God like you, like you claim to, this should at least be in, important to you, okay? So, so here's the thing. According to the Bible, all of us have sinned. I've sinned too. What you said about, you know, sex and stuff, I, I'm, I'm just as guilty as you are. Those, these are all things I've done in the past. Because of our sin, we deserve to be punished. Our sin before a holy God is so serious, we deserve to go to hell. Not because God's mean, but because we deserve it, okay? 2,000 years ago, God did something about our problem. He understands that we're weak. He understands that we're sinners. And because of his great love for us, he provided a savior. See, you and I have the same problem. When we die and we're trying to get into heaven, we don't have enough righteousness to get in, right? doesn't matter who's better than who. None of us have enough righteousness to get into heaven, okay? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it's like as if a legal transaction was made. You broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. He, he is the righteousness that we need to get into heaven. So when we believe in, in, in Jesus, we're not just saying, oh, I believe that he existed, or, or I prayed this prayer, or I did this thing. We're saying, I know I'm not righteous enough to get into heaven, that's why I'm trusting in him and his righteousness, right? And, and so the promise of the Bible is this. If you turn from your sin, and that begins in your mind, no longer thinking, I'm good enough, I'm righteous enough to get into heaven, and even thinking something like, yeah, well, I might be sinning all the time, but I'm still good enough to get in. Well, that's just not true. None of us, none of us are good enough. The Bible says all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior, and so the promise of the Bible is this. If you turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, yeah. you'll be saved from the punishment you deserve, right? Yeah. Now, right now, Andrew, you got like a fork in the road. Yeah. You know the truth. You know what's right. You've come to a place where you realize, man, I, it's looking like I might be deceiving myself and thinking that I'm on my way to heaven when, it lo- according to the word, it looks like I'm not. So you got you to make a decision here. You're either going to keep following yourself and what you like and what makes you feel good, or you need to... Uh, Make a left. Make a, make a left or I'm going to make a right. That's right. Well, you got to do what's right. Yeah, I got to do what's right. Yeah. Big so, time. 
So what do you think about this? I've been doing all the talking. You've been, you've been listening very respectfully, and I appreciate that. What, what are your thoughts on this? It's an eye-opener. I like that you're doing this. I mean, because even since, like, I do know the word, it's cool. Like, you, you can never not learn enough. Like, you could just open my eyes to another path that didn't exist 10 seconds ago, 10 minutes ago. And it's like, I'm grateful for it. Did I want to hear it? Yeah. Am I glad I heard it? Yes and no, because it's like, damn, you got me. Now I know. Now I know. Now when I do something, it's like I've been told, I was warned, I got, I've been, I'm, I'm knowledgeable now. Like now I can actually be judged from that. So yeah, I'm thankful for it though, to be honest, because at least I'm saved from deceiving myself in mm. a sense. And like even other people that you get, you were talking to today, I mean, at least they got to listen and hear and it sparked something in their mind to think about what they're doing. So I feel like every little person, every little connection, every single person that's walked past us heard something about God or something about what we were talking about. And at least it sparked their mind to just like, what are they talking about? Oh, what is that? Death? What happens after? So like it sparks a conversation. And it's cool. It's tight. Man, you, you, what you just said, that's going to encourage me to get out and do this again next week, even when I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. Yeah, you know? Yeah, hey, you do it, man. Do it. It's tight. So I appreciate that. Uh, what, 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 let me ask you this. What city do you live in? Uh, Fontana. Okay. Are there any, are there any uh, churches in your area that aren't the one you went to, but might be another one that might be some, some place that teaches the Bible? Uh, yeah, there's a couple churches. I, honestly, I went to, I think I went to Harvest with my mom. We go there like, we're the, the ones that go there during like Christmas and Thanksgiving. You're the Christers. Yeah, the Christmas and Easter. We're the Christers. We're the Christmas and Easter's. Well, well I, I, I like the fact that you know all this about yourself. Yeah. All right. That's, 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 you know, all this, uh, a change begins with uh, knowledge. Yeah. Right. And so, so it's, it's kind of like uh, the balls in your court. You definitely seem like you know what you need to do. Yeah. And that's just get serious with God in yeah. some way. Yeah. So I, I would just uh, encourage you to do that. The, the Bible says, if you turn from your sin, and, and you, you know what your sin is. You just described it to me. Oh, wait, sorry. I zoned out. What? You, 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 uh, you, you know what your sin is. You just described it to me a little, go, a little oh, bit ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And so according to the Bible, you turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ. When you do that in a genuine way, according to the word, not according to what you think is okay, but according to the word, if you do that, the promise of the Bible is you will be saved from the punishment you deserve. The righteousness of Christ will be placed on you. And when God looks at you, he'll no longer see you, the sinner. He'll be seeing you through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. All right? That's what it means to have faith in, in Christ. You're not just trusting in the fact that he existed. You're trusting in the fact that he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and you're, you're trusting in him like you trust a parachute. Right? If you, were, if you were in a plane and a plane was about to go down, and I said, hey, man, put on that parachute. And you, and you said, I believe that parachute can save me. And you just sit there and didn't stick it on. It wouldn't do nothing for you. And, and so right now, you're at a place in your life where you're either going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ or you're just going to keep going, yeah, I believe that that can save me and not do anything about it. And, and so, again, turn from your sin, put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved from the punishment you deserve. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I leave with you with a little uh, a, a booklet so you could take and, and read it? Okay. Hey, man, I, I appreciate it so much. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. 
So I would just ask you to pray for Andrew. Pray that God would continue to convict him of his sin, that the Holy Spirit would draw Andrew, and that he would get saved. Hopefully this episode has encouraged you. If you want to help this podcast spread far and wide, you can give us a good review on iTunes and just share it with your friends and family. And I'll see you next time when we take another trip down the Romans Road. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Romans Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.